Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to a very special episode of Recipes and Records during this COVID-19 fiasco pandemic. I am going to interview myself. It's gonna be real weird. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah! All right, all right, calm down, calm down, calm down. My name is Evan. Uh, you should know that by now if you've been listening to this podcast. And I hope that you have been. Because, like, it's really good. So, anyway, uh, this is going to be a very different episode because, you know, coronavirus, pandemic, whatever. I don't give a shit. So, what I did was reach out to my friends and had them send me voice memos of them asking me questions or emails asking me questions about brand news album. The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. So, uh, let's get this shit going. Um, I'm going to answer the questions in the order that I received them. So, we'll, we will start with Kristen, who sent me an email. And Kristen asks, What memory or moment comes to mind when this album starts playing? Which is an excellent question. For whatever reason, and I still don't know why to this day... This album slipped under the radar for me, and if anybody knows me, I'm usually on top of music things, especially brand new wise. And this came out in, fuck, I'm going to get the date wrong. I want to say 2003, but I'm probably wrong. Quick edit. Yeah, so I was wrong. This album actually came out in November of 2006. November 21st, to be exact. I was working at Brigham's at the Burlington Mall at the time, and it was a Sunday. And I went home, and I went on my dad's laptop and found out that brand new had put out a new album earlier that week, and I had no idea. So I got back in my car, my 1989 Chrysler New Yorker, and went to FYE and spent entirely too much money on that CD. I think it was like $20.99. But upon first hearing it, because I hadn't heard any songs from it before or any information about it, it literally blew me away because it was not what I was expecting at all. Because uh, if you're a fan of Brand New, you know their style changes with album to album to album etc. So thank you, Kristen, for that question. And I know what you're thinking. What are you eating? Because one of the main themes of this show is food. And if you listen to the previous episode that I did with my friend Kat and Connor from Foxing, you would have found out that I just broke my right shoulder. So I can't do anything. So I am not cooking. My fiance is in the kitchen right now doing dishes, and he's going to make me some steak frites, which is a fancy French way of saying steak and french fries. And it is wonderful. We started subscribing to Marley Spoon, which is Martha Stewart's, like, meal kit at home thing. I don't know, we get it a couple times a week. If you want to sponsor me, sponsor me! But yeah, all the meals have been sick. Uh, so yeah, it's nice to not have to cook, but I do miss it. 
yeah, so I'm going to be recording. Uh, let me peel the curtain back a little bit. I'm going to be recording this episode throughout the week with whatever responses I get. So I'll fill you in on what food I'm eating this week that I'm not making because I fucking can't. But I'm healing. I'm doing good. All right, on to the next question. This next message was sent to me from my dearly, dearly beloved friend, Erica. She was fortunate enough to send me a voice memo, so I'll play that for you. And then I will give you my answer with a few audio clips after because they're necessary. It doesn't have to be your favorite song necessarily, but it definitely could be. Um, but do you have any favorite lyrics from this specific album? So I have two answers for this question, and I don't know if that's cheating, but it's my podcast, so I'm going to allow it. Um, so the first is from the track Degazer, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. I'm a big fan of how Jesse layers his vocals, and sometimes it's he hides things in the background that you may not pick up immediately. Towards the middle of the song, maybe the second chorus in the background, he says, When I arrive, will God be waiting and pacing around his throne? Will he feel a little Old Testament? And will he celebrate with fire and brimstone? Yeah, I admit I am afraid of the reckoning. I'm not religious at all, but I think that's very powerful, and I've always, always, always really liked that part of the song. Whether you've noticed it before or not, uh, I'll insert a clip of it right here so you can give it a listen. Pretty neat, huh? If you already knew that was there, that's awesome. But if you didn't, you'll never be able to unhear it again. You probably know the words by now. So there is one other song that it's similar. They are background lyrics uh, that are kind of hidden and it's in the song Archers. So the lyrics go, feels like we could escape. I don't mind throwing away the filthy silver song. If you try running the maze of your lies too hard to save, if you've thrown out everyone. I don't know, just, I, I admit the lyrics aren't that great, but just the way it fits into the song really, really, really does it for me. So uh, I'm gonna put a clip of that right here so you can hear it. Wow, guys, isn't this fun? I'm having fun. I hope you are, but I honestly don't really care. I mean, you have the option to hit stop anytime. Please don't. Rate me five stars. I love you. So my next question comes from Adam, who was on my show before. Uh, we discussed Poison the Wells, You Come Before You. He's in the Van Crow feeder, and he also runs a label called Constant Disappointment Records. So he sent me a voice memo, and I will play his question now, and then I will answer it. Why is it that this brand new album is considered the brand new album compared to the rest of their discography? Well, Adam, it's really funny you should ask that considering you've never heard this album and it upsets me so much. You wouldn't be asking this question if you heard it before. It's like... 
So it's a big shift of gears for them. Like they, I don't know, I, I hate saying it, but they kind of stepped out of the emo scene. Because, I mean, Deja is like kind of a depressing teenager album, I guess. Or like early 20s, whatever. And then this album had a lot of like self-reflection, religious themes, and like death and love and whatever. I don't know. It just, it's so well written. And it just, I connect with it so much more than any of their, like, they literally just keep getting better and better. And their newest album, Science Fiction, is incredible. I do hold this album higher than that. At first, I wasn't sure if I would, but I go back to this album way, way, way more than I would any of their other albums. Long story short, I don't really know how to answer the question. You just, you need to listen to it. You're in, you're in quarantine. You don't have anything else to do. Just listen to it. It's a solid, what, like 45 minutes? Do it. All right, everybody, let's do something a little bit different. Uh, take a break from talking about brand new, and I will tell you about the steak frites that I just ate that were delicious. It was covered in some kind of onion sauce. There was a, a salad on the side with some kind of creamy yogurt dressing that was really good. Shit, what was the other side that was with it? Oh, french fries. Steak frites, obviously french fries. But unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it because I bit my lip, the inside of my lip, and bled everywhere. And there was obviously salt all over the french fries, so it ended up being pretty painful to eat. Uh, I wish I could have finished it, but alas, I did not. I fed most of it to the cat, but he's a good boy and he deserves it. If I can find the recipe for this online, I will post a link to it in the description or in the blog post. I'm sure I can find it. So yeah, just keep an eye out for that. It was really good. I recommend you make it. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, strap in, kids, because the fun has just started. So we are going to move on to our next question, which comes from my good friend Catherine, who was my guest last week's episode. So here is her question. If you had to pick one song on the album to make a music video for, what song would you pick and what would the plot of the music video be? I could smell smoke and I could taste blood and I could hear my wife screaming. Katie's dead. Katie's dead. Every day, I live knowing that she's never coming back. Our lives were destroyed by the drunk who killed our daughter. We have to live every day with the weight of that crash. How will I live without Kate? Could you live with yourself if you murdered my daughter? Well, I love you so much. But do me a favor, baby, don't reply. I can dish it out, but I can't take it. Well, I love you so much. But do me a favor, baby, don't reply. Cause I can dish it out, but I can't take it. I won't love you so much. But do me a favor, baby, don't reply. Cause I can dish it out, but I can't so I found this to be a very interesting question, and if you couldn't tell by what you just heard, the song I would choose is called uh, Limousine, which is based on a true story about a seven-year-old girl who was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver driving on the wrong side of the highway. And I find the song very interesting because the first verse is written through the young girl's mother's perspective. Then the second verse is written through the perspective of the driver. And then the third verse is written through the girl herself. 
I believe. I think that's how it goes. And if I were to make a video, I would probably, in some weird, like, film noir, slow motion, black and white, uh, try to recreate the events of the accident. And probably throw in some clips of... Uh... So the family went on the Oprah Winfrey show and told the story, which is where that clip you heard earlier was from. Look it up on YouTube. It's super sad. And if you didn't know that's what that song was about, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but... It's pretty fucking heavy. Go back and listen to it, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Thanks, Kat. Coco's back. And she's back. For you. Ooh, la, la, la. Ha, ha, ha. Life is so simple. Don't even smile, little boy. You ain't got no dimples. Oh, boy. You know what that means. Why Coco's back. I mean, most of you probably don't know what that means, but... For those of you that do, you're welcome. Uh, these next few questions are from my friend Carrie. Uh, she had emailed them to me, so let me read them one by one real quick and I'll answer them. Uh, her first question is, is there a song that puts you in your feelings, good or bad? Interesting question. Um, I guess the only song that kind of gives me bad feelings, I guess, would be that song Limousine, just because of how sad it is. Or the song Handcuffs, just because I don't like it. Uh, good? Uh, Archer's is awesome because it's a pretty upbeat song. And um, the song Luca, I don't know, the the breakdown at like the end of the song when it gets like real quiet and then it gets really loud and everything just kind of swirls into like a, this enormous chorus to the end. I don't know. I don't know. It gives me goosebumps. I love it so, so, so much. So that's that one. Uh, her next question is, if you could only listen to five albums for the rest of eternity, Jesus Christ, why do people do this to me? Um, so like June 1st at the rate we're going. Would this album make the cut? Absolutely. This is definitely in my top five, probably top three. Um, Jesus, I don't even know what number one would be. That's too much to think about right now. I'm not doing it. But yes, this would definitely, definitely make the cut. And then her third question is, how would you describe this album to somebody who hasn't listened to it or maybe is not familiar with brand new? Um, I don't know. It's just fucking sick and... If you're into any type of, like, guitar-driven rock and, like, emotional sounds, I think it's definitely worthwhile. It m may not strike you at first. It's somewhat of a grower, but it has grown to become a huge part of me. Um, and I thank you, White Coco, for those questions. That was fun, right? I figured I should bring something a little bit more lighthearted into the mix after the previous question. You know, about a dead seven-year-old girl. Again, I'm sorry about that. So, next up, my fiancé Matthew has left me a question which I haven't listened to yet, so let's see where this goes. Let's see what I can bring to the table and what he would like to know. My question's a Sophie's choice. Or Devin's choice, if you will. If you had to get rid of one song off this album... What is it, and why? Well, I think this might be the easiest question I've ever had to answer on this entire episode. Handcuffs. Hate that song. Hate it. Terrible song. Shouldn't be the last song. Don't know why it's there. Never listen to it. Hate it. You know, I, I just can't get behind that song. I've tried. I don't... It just... It's so out of place. It doesn't fit with anything else on the album. And I just find it very boring. Especially for... A closing track because I mean on every other brand new album their closing tracks are 
not necessarily the best song, but like it's it's a pretty big build up to it, and it's usually incredible. But that song is just kind of like, eh, eh, I, I, I literally couldn't tell you the last time I listened to it. So next, I received a voice memo from Danny, uh, who is a co-worker of my fiance Matthews, who also enjoys this album quite a bit. So let's see what she had to say. So a reoccurring theme that always happens on brand new albums are these raw, sort of unfinished moments that don't always quite work out in their songs. And you've actually brought up a couple that you said you're not as much of a fan of in some of the previous questions here, so I won't go over that. My question for you is, what is a moment or a couple of moments of imperfection on this record that you dislike when you first hear them, but eventually made the record more endearing to you? I apologize if I answered this wrong, but um, so what I gather that you're asking is what parts of the album am I not, was I not a fan of upon first listen and over a period of time has kind of grown on me and couldn't deal without and there's a few instances of that. Uh, I would definitely call out the two instrumental tracks, uh, the Untitled One and um, uh, Welcome to Bangkok, and also Handcuffs. We just went over that. I don't, I don't like that song. But um, Untitled, I on still to this day, I feel like it could, you know, just not be there. I, it's, it's very odd. I don't know. And I. I it's kind of misplaced because it's between Luca and Archers and I don't see the point of it. But like, I mean, when I listen to the album, I don't skip it. I still listen to it. And, um, but a pretty interesting fact about the untitled track is, so if you listen to it, it kind of sounds like a distorted, uh, vocal track of him saying either I could never listen or I could never love her. But in fact, if you play the song backwards, it, it's actually Jesse saying this never ends which I thought was kind of odd. Um, I'll put a clip of it right over here in a minute so you can hear. I'll, I'll play the forward and then the backwards. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's what I get out of it. So here, check this out really quick. So this is a short clip of the untitled track, uh, track 10, as it appears on the album. It's just like a 15-minute clip just to give you an idea of what it sounds like. right it definitely sounds like i can never listen or i could never love her i'm not exactly sure um but now here it is reversed and i want you to see if you hear what i hear did you hear it this never ends, right? Isn't that really, really weird? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I can hear it. Uh, thank you, Danny, for the excellent question. I'm not really sure if I answered it, but I mean, that's just kind of a fun tidbit about the album that I've discovered that uh, I figured I might share. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm not a huge fan of that track. It just seems kind of nonsensical, but the way it has kind of like cool things about it is it's still interesting to me. And while we're on the topic, 
speaking of uh, interesting things about this album, something that I found out that a lot of people don't know is that there's a hidden track on the album, uh, only if you have the CD. Uh, and most people can't find it because you wouldn't think to look where it is. And I'll tell you after I play it for you. It's about a minute and 15 seconds long. It's not a song. Here, I'll, I'll play it for you. Maybe you've heard it before, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, this is the hidden track on The Devil and God. bunch of people leaving voicemails before they killed themselves just overlaid with each other and it turns out that's not true so don't worry that's not what you just heard uh it turns out it's actually voicemails between the band to each other as well as mike Safone, the producer of the album just literally all played at the same time you can find it if you put the cd in your cd player as soon as sewing season starts just start hitting the previous track and hold it down and rewind before the first track it's called a pre-gap hidden track it's i don't know why it's there it's pointless it's kind of dumb but i mean it's interesting i mean did you know it was there there's a few albums that have that i forget uh the only one that the only two that come to mind right now is damien rice's o and the arcade fires reflector but I know there's a bunch more. You can look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to waste your time. This isn't about them. This is about brand new. All right. Let's see. What do we have next? Uh, let me look. I know I have more questions. What the, what the fuck is that? Do you guys hear? Do you hear that? What is, hold on a second. Jesus. All right. Uh, give the people what they want, I guess. All right, TJ, what do you got for me? This seems to be the only brand new album that stuck with me over the years. Are there any modern albums or artists that you can hear the influence from this album on? Thank you, TJ. Uh, I'm sure you guys remember TJ from a few episodes ago. We discussed Caven for a very lengthy period of time with his wonderful dog, Lilo, who had to be the star of the show. Uh, anyway... So this is kind of a tough question to answer. Uh, let me think. So it definitely reminds me a bit of Manchester Orchestra, 
uh, along the lines of the album Mean Everything to Nothing. Sort of like a virgin losing a child. I don't know, that album's a little bit slower, but it's also has like the sort of weird religious undertones. As well as Kevin Devine's Brother's Blood. I mention these because I know all of all of them are close friends. And I know that Kevin and I believe Andy had a part in the making of this album. Kevin was a touring member of Brand New for pretty much from this album on. He was like the third guitarist because I guess they need three guitarists and two drummers. I don't know. But I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Brothers Blood by Kevin Devine or Put Your Ghost to Rest by Kevin Devine. Both are excellent, excellent albums. And you can kind of hear a little bit of influence from there. I think, personally, Kevin Devine's a much better lyricist and doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And Matt is staring at me through the window. Through the door, I'm sorry. Can I help you? Should I buy four pounds of vegan chicken nuggets? No. For $44.99 on the internet? Absolutely not. Why not? Why? Because chicken nuggets. Get real ones. <laughs> Sorry, my fiance was asking if I he should buy 40 pounds of vegan chicken nuggets. I don't understand. Anyway, where was I? Uh, yeah, Kevin Devine, Manchester Orchestra, mostly. Uh, just because they work together a lot, and I know they're all close friends. And you can definitely hear them like playing off of each other a lot. So uh, that is my answer to that. Thank you very much, TJ. All right, it's that time again that we talk about food. So, for my dinner last night, I had some teriyaki chicken thighs with bok choy, which is so good. I don't know if you guys are familiar with bok choy, and if you're not, you're dumb. And I had some sticky white rice. It was... Alright, so I'm going to be truthful with you. I bit my fucking lip again, and this was a very salty meal. So, no, I didn't finish it. But I finished it the next day, and it was wonderful. Anyway, on with the show. So, my next question came from an email, which was interesting because it's from somebody I went to high school with that I actually haven't seen in, God, I'm going to date myself, probably over 15 years. It's from a former classmate named Derek that I graduated with. Apparently he has some feelings about this album, so we'll dive into it. It was a long email and I don't feel like reading it, so I put it in text-to-speech. So you're going to hear a robot voice and it's going to read the beginning of the email and then the follow-up with the questions. Also, it sounds like Yoda. Please enjoy. I enjoy the album The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me. It's my third or fourth favorite album of theirs. Your favorite weapon and deja intend to are numbers one and two. The Devil and God flips back and forth with their latest science fiction. However, I love The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me because it shows a massive maturity and growth with the band. They went from being that whiny pop-punk band competing for fans with Taking Back Sunday to all of a sudden a band with depth and range. They can change their sound without losing their integrity and the lyrics. They went from being that typical, the girl is gone, or, I need the girl, to, what have I done with my life? And it was awesome. I know it sounds like I like the album more than I said I did originally. The thing is, 
It came out at the time where it just wasn't my sound. It wasn't what I was looking for. I was actually mad at Brand New for a while with that album, because I was expecting something like Deja Intendu or Your Favorite Weapon. It wasn't until almost 10 years later that I was able to actually listen to that album and not feel disappointed or upset. I had originally wanted something else. I didn't realize that the band matured and had left me behind. It's a very interesting perspective on the album, and I know when it came out, a lot of my friends and a lot of people felt exactly the same way because everyone was so used to Deja or Your Favorite Weapon or just, like, the pop-punkness of the band, how they used to be. I am one of the few that embraced the new sound, I think. From the get-go, I really enjoyed this album. But regardless, let's move along and I'll get to Derek's questions, which also sound like Yoda, so... My questions are... Of all the brand new albums, why did you want to discuss The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me? So, I chose this album as opposed to any of the other brand new albums because... I feel like this album has a lot more substance and stories to tell. Like, each track pretty much has its own meaning and story behind it. If you do enough research, you'll figure out what they're all about. Like, example, Limousine, or example, Sewing Season, or example, uh, Millstone. So, I mean, a lot of their previous albums are just like, oh, I broke, this girl broke my heart, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Which, don't get me wrong, those are good too. This album just means so much more. Like, there's so many layers to it. And it just kind of hit home. I don't know. It's just... It came out of nowhere compared to what they were doing before. And I, it just stuck with me. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. What is your favorite brand new album? If it's not the devil and God are raging inside me. I would easily say that it is the devil and God are raging inside me. Because... I just keep going back to this album over and over and over again. But the other album of their discography that really strikes me is Science Fiction. It just kind of, their musical progression is wild. Like, from start to finish, that album is fantastic. And if you're at all a fan of this album and you haven't heard that one, it's kind of a continuation, but like a little bit more, a little bit more progressive. Like, they go different routes that this album doesn't touch. I recommend it highly. So if you're going to do your homework, listen to this album and then listen to science fiction. With everything going on with Jesse Lacey, are you still a fan? Okay, so I've gotten this question from three different people, and I don't know exactly how to approach it. I have my feelings about it. I know some of the truth behind certain situations uh if you look online you can find out what's true and what isn't some of it started years ago and some of it was all made up but uh i'm just gonna leave it at that i'm not gonna get too into it i still appreciate the band for everything they've done they always said they were gonna break up in 2018 anyway maybe it was all a ruse i don't know but I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. If you want to talk to me about it, you can. But I'm not going to put my opinions out here. Sorry. And that brings us to our next question, which comes from my friend Rachel. Rachel, what do you got to say? This album is a clear departure from their early work. 
which I love. Deja is my favorite album. But they get heavier in the music and lyrics with The Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me. How much of a role do you think the leaked demos played in this change? The change in music, lyrics, and overall attitude? Excellent question. So the demos are excellent as they are. And I'm glad that they decided to scrap what they were doing and start over to make this album. I mean, some of like the groundwork was there. Like you can see, uh, like there's a demo for Luca, there's a demo for Sewing Season, and the last track, Battalions, is what Archers eventually became. And if you didn't know that, go back and listen to Battalions, and you can definitely figure it out. It's a lot different, but like the melodies are the same. I I don't know what made them scrap so many good songs that are on here. Like Nobody Moves is probably one of my favorite brand new songs of all time. I wish they would have kept that and put it on something whether it be a different EP or, like, a track on Devil and God. I don't know that it would have fit very well, though. You can easily tell from listening to the demos that that's the direction that they were going into. As I said before, I, I like the demos on their own, and it's a good jumping-off point to get to where they eventually ended up. It's that time again where we talk about food. So, last night I didn't make anything because I didn't feel like doing anything, and neither did Matt. So we ordered out, and I had a steak and cheese, and some french fries, and I did not bite my lip, and I'm very proud of myself. It was wonderful. I highly recommend you get one soon. All right, everybody, welcome back. So let's see, I got a couple more questions to run by you and then answer and you know, this whole thing that we're doing. So let me see, who's next? My next question comes from Nicole. Let's see what Nicole has to say. Nicole, what's your question? Hey Evan, my question for you regarding this album is, what did this album mean to you when it came out? And how has that meaning evolved, if at all, in the years since it's released? So that's a hard one. So what did it mean to me when it came out? Um, it kind of just blew my mind when it came out because I didn't know what to expect. And over the years, upon listening and listening and listening, uh, it just kind of, I, I got the stories behind each song I don't know. This album means so much. It's so much more powerful than anything they've they've ever done prior or since. I mean, don't get me wrong. Science fiction is fantastic. But I feel like this album is just, like, knocking it out of the park. Like, they, they went hard. All right, kiddos, we got another question. This question comes from Aaron, all the way from Wilmington. I can insert a sound there, but I won't. Uh, Aaron, what's your question? Hey, Evan. So we're talking about the Devil and God album. I gave it a listen through and did some reading up about it online to try to get the gears flowing to figure out what I wanted to ask you. Uh, reading about it, I saw that it's considered one of the best albums of the decade, and it's also one of the most influential albums in several different genres of music, so that was really cool to see. 
So I basically wanted to talk to you about like their sound and style and how it kind of evolved with this album. Um, I absolutely I loved their albums before this one. Uh, they were my youth. Uh, but they definitely were more straightforward kind of emo pop punk sounding. Uh, with this album, I feel like they developed more of a an alternative sound. Uh, which was something that I didn't really listen to, so they kind of exposed me to that as well. Um, so that being said, I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, which song on The Devil and God best showcases their growth in sound and style from their previous albums? I would say not the sun. I mean, it begins with that like sick bass line, and I mean it's aching to like sick transit Gloria, and then it's like clean vocals mostly throughout, and then there's a little screaming here and there, but it's like it's the most throwback song on the album, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's my opinion. Um, for me, it's not the sun. All right, kiddos, this is the end this brings us to our last question uh and this question is from my friend lauren who you may remember from the sound the alarm episode uh she was nice enough to use my phone number for the podcast yes that's a thing now you can leave me voicemails at one six zero seven eight rec pod or if you don't like spelling it's one six zero seven eight seven three one seven six three but uh the phone lines are always open you can leave me a voicemail if you leave me a question i'll answer it maybe i don't know unless you're a dickhead or if you have a suggestion i'll listen to it but yeah please call the number i mean i paid money for it so you should probably just call it anyway so i'm gonna queue up my friend lauren and let's see what she has to say hey evan it's lauren um, my question is, if you had to rename The Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me, what would you rename the album and why? All right, talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Okay, so the original working title for this album was Fight Off Your Demons, which I think is a really good title. Um, what would I name it? I, that's... That's hard to come by. I don't I I honestly don't know. Um Jesus. Uh I I I can't. I don't I don't have an answer. Uh for those that don't know where the title The Devil and God uh Origin Inside Me came from, it's actually a quote from Daniel Johnston. And if you don't know who that is, you should look him up. He's incredible. R.I.P. Daniel Johnston. Uh, yeah, I, I think it has the perfect album title. I, I, I don't want to rename it. Alright, kiddos, that's it for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed this weird experiment that I did. 
please reach out to me. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Evan Scandalous. You can follow the podcast at Wreck and Wreck Pod on Instagram or Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, so please don't bother with that. Uh, you can call me now because that's the thing I did uh, at one six zero seven eight Wreck Pod. Uh, please leave a voicemail. I'll listen to it, and if your question is entertaining enough, I'll fucking answer it. Um, I think I'm going to go down to bi-weekly, just because of this whole pandemic bullshit. It's hard to, you know, line up guests and all that shit. I do believe that Lauren is going to be a featured guest soon. She was on a previous episode, and everybody seemed to love it, so did I. So, we're going to figure that out. Um... Please listen, rate, subscribe. Go to my website, wreckandwreckpod.com. Email me, email at wreckandwreckpod.com. I have new merch coming. You're going to want to buy it. Save up your money. I love every single one of you. Good day and good night.